Welcome to the Chuan Chuan Podcast, a bilingual podcast where every episode we use English and Chinese to explore various social, cultural, and contemporary issues in the aim of giving our listeners a useful tool to improve either or both their English or Chinese language ability. Welcome to the Chuan Chuan Podcast. My name is Sean. I'm Leon, and I'm James, and I'm Sue. Today we're going to talk about society. And feminism. And before we start the conversation, for our Chinese listeners, we're going to clear up two terms which you may have heard but not really understood. And those terms are left-leaning and right-leaning, so left-wing and right-wing. And we're going to describe what they mean. So, left-wing has a political meaning and an economic meaning. In terms of the political meaning, it means that people believe in equality and fairness.、Uh, no, actually, sorry. In terms of economic meaning, people believe in equality and fairness. So generally, this means taking money from the rich and giving it to the poor. And in terms of politically, they believe in. <laughs> That doesn't sound very equal and fair. <laughs> 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 yeah, let's let Yi finish because I disagree with the meaning. Okay, let's、uh, let's hear it. Well, okay, uh, um, okay. if you look at Jonathan Haidt's work, you'll see that fairness really comes into why people are left leaning. Like they have a when it comes to their morality, fairness ranks really highly. So that's why I said that. But anyways, economically,、okay. uh, they believe in basically everyone having more of an in- equal distribution of income. Through force, shall I say? And then the second thing is politically, they believe in equality amongst、um, people of people who are of a minority background. So,、um, women and men should be equal. People of different races should be equal. Homosexuality should be accepted, etc., etc., etc. And then on the right-leaning side, economically, they believe that. People should earn what they、um, what they've worked for, and they on the political side they believe they're more conservative, meaning they like the way things are. So those are just some quick definitions. I'm sure I haven't really explained it that well, and if anybody wants to re-explain what I've explained, I'm more than happy to hear what they have to say. So. <laughs> So my initial reaction is that I think what you said is was true. Maybe, maybe it was never true, but at least to me, it was true ten or twenty years ago. But when you talk about things like wanting equality and fairness, I don't think that's what the left stands for at the moment. So, if you look at what's going on with feminism and Black Lives Matter, I I feel like it's starting to morph into. Believing that some groups are better than others or more deserving of our care and attention, based on how much of a victim they've been historically, which is a bit of a detail, but essentially, I think they've lost their way. Like in with the goal of trying to make everyone fair and equal, they've become not that, or they've not been able to stick to those ideals. Like they're just a bit lost, basically. So I think the right wing now. Other side that are standing more for equality、um, and fairness. Yeah, I would.、Um, yeah, I would also th- agree with that as well.、Um, just 
picking up on your definitions, uh, Sean, about uh, left-leaning and right-leaning, I think um, it really depends where wealth comes from. So, like, my interpretation of right-leaning is um, that there's a select few of people in society that will generate wealth, and uh, the wealth would be used kind of by the the, the majority of the population. Whereas um, I feel like on the left, their main principle is that um, wealth is just there, but then it's um, intervened by like an external agency, like like the government, for example, and the government decides who is wealthy and who's not and things like that. So I'm um, drawing on Leon's point as well. I feel like there are groups out there that are a bit more vocal than others at um who deserves their wealth, especially on that on on the left. Um so you get a lot of like new wave feminists that are like, oh actually we deserve um you know we deserve extra wealth because we've suffered a lot through like history and uh so just give us the money because um we deserve it inherently because of what our ancestors went through. Um, whereas at the moment, I feel like in the West, especially, um, the right are like, no, we should just stay to what we've always worked with, which is, um, a few, like, you know, wealthy people at the top, like Amazon, for example, um, like generate the wealth and then people go out there and they try, like, regardless of where you've come from in life, like you have the same access to, to that wealth. So I don't know if I've like crosswires there. But that's my interpretation anyway. Um, James, you're going to say something? Yeah, yeah. I was, um, well, I was thinking about it from a point of view of like, what is really left and right? Like, what are people's fundamental differences in terms of thinking? And I think it just comes down to acceptance of change. So like left-leaning people are willing for things to change. So if you're a left-leaning person, it doesn't really matter what people propose as the new way of doing things. But if people propose new ways ways of doing things, you're more likely to back it. But if you're a right-leaning person, you're more conservative. So you're uh you kind of want to want the world to stay as it is. And I think that's why like if you look at um uh, the population in terms of like age as well young people are generally accepting of change and therefore they're like if there's you know uh like equality around feminism uh races or uh homosexuality like everyone's backing it but the older people they're just more conservative so then they don't want things to change so rapidly so they're always pushing back against that change um because i think i think that's the best the... definition so far what you said yeah because there's, the, there's, I yeah, guess there's yeah. like, um, the, like, there's the fairness aspect of it, but then there's other weight, other aspects of left leaning, right? It actually comes down to like political organization, how you organize things and, yeah, uh, and other aspects. So but I don't it's think really fairness actually, I don't think fairness actually comes into it. I don't think fairness is a left or right thing. I, I think it is literally just the left want change faster than the right. I don't think people on the right don't necessarily want change. They are just, more happy with the way things are at the moment and the left are more dissatisfied okay with the way things then are at the moment, let me which is let me bring yeah. up another point so the left wants change but they want change in a certain way right for example the left will never um if if a politician said we're gonna cut all taxes so that there are no taxes like taxes are basically say two percent of your income 
that's a massive change from what we're used to, right? That would not be a left-leaning policy. No. Right. So it's not quite that simple. Yeah. The left is generally heading towards like Marxism. Exactly. So they, they do want change in a specific direction. In, and it's to do with equality. Well, their per- perception of equality. Yeah. Would you guys agree? But I think what, what is causing a problem now is that the desire to change is too strong. So I think even though we have pretty fair societies, I think like when you want to judge a society as fair, you always need to, it's always relative, right? So relative to other parts of the world or even to um, our own Western countries like 50, 40 years ago, we, the countries are really fair at the moment. So the way I think about it is, you know, if we didn't need rioting and vi- if Martin Luther King didn't need rioting and violence when there was like actual racism in the laws, then we definitely don't need it now. But I think because people um, on the left are generally quite impatient, they always feel like, oh, we're on the verge of um, or people are really desperately in need right now and we need to change right now. Or we're on the verge of disaster, like climate change is always five years away. It's like literally always five years away. And so they always have this kind of energy, which is like, we need to do something right now. And I think that's really dangerous because things that you normally wouldn't justify, like rioting and looting, you can if you feel like the situation is urgent enough. And what I think is happening now is that even though the situation isn't really that urgent, it's now being manufactured. It's just, we're just going to pretend that it is urgent so we can justify all these extreme actions. Yeah, for sure. But I I also feel like there is... um between the left and the right at the moment there's there's a very diff um there's there's a real difference in terms of what they want that change to be so yes you are right in that both sides want change but on the right i feel like they want change to benefit like society as a whole whereas on the right uh sorry on the left they want change to benefit those that they deem as vulnerable in society but then that in itself also pre- presents more problems in that who who is supposed to be vulnerable like um yes they say that women are vulnerable but within the group of women um there's so many different types of women there's women from different economic backgrounds there's different women from different races women with just different experiences in life how can you decide that a whole group of people are like vulnerable and just as equal equally vulnerable as each other so um that in itself is what the major problem in like uh in society is i feel um and yeah so that's that's perhaps what we should talk about okay uh one second one second one second i think that we should escape these terms of left and right wing because i think it's we're oversimplifying the sides like you're saying that the right wing Mm -hmm. wants change to help all and i'm sure some do but I'm sure some don't. <laughs> I don't think that's... I, I think there are some <laughs> of the right wing who, like, um, literally... What, want to protect their assets. Well, not just to protect their assets, but, like, you know, those who are, like, maybe religiously conservative. They want people to be also religiously conservative. There are people on the right wing like this. And the same with people on the left wing. There are some people who don't believe in radical left wing politics. And they just generally want things to be a little um, more equal, but they don't agree with the tactics that um, people like Antifa are using. So maybe instead of talking about left wing and right wing, we should talk about the issues with 
society in what they want to change. And I'm going to start off by talking about identitarian politics. I think that's probably the biggest issue right now, that for some reason, identitarian politics has really been shot onto the limelight. And I don't agree with it. What do you guys think? It's not for some what, reason. What is it? That's a very good reason. Identitarian. Identity what politics. So identifying people by their group identities and then okay. basing policies on that. Right. So feminism, racism, or like pro-race, whatever you want to say, um, those are all like instances of identity politics. Right. Or so it's very saying dangerous white to... people are guilty. I... Yeah. yeah, it's very different. Uh, it's very dangerous to divide people by that kind of like separation, right? And then you're basically making assumptions or stereotypes towards that whole group which is how kind of racism and fe- like uh, oppression starts in the first place right but people are very unaware of um that they're very aware of the racism that's kind of against vulnerable people but they're not aware of it the other way around but it, it is all racism and it is all bad it's just that the negative effects are not as obvious like when is racism against white people i think people are it's like people have a blind spot to that and they they some people probably don't even think it's a thing because uh some people's definition of racism is um it has to be tied with power so you can if you're racist and you don't have power it's not real racism but um there's there's a lot of negative effects obviously like what you just said dividing people for a start is bad and ultimately yeah. for minorities in majority white countries if if white people really did like take us up on this challenge on this race war like the minorities won't win so it it is bad (laughs) yeah like a lot of the um problems with racism is that we first think of like these uh these unfairness is caused by like race uh like on particular races but it could just Mm. be a divide between the majority and the minority so in any like civilization the minority always loses out right because there's just less people that will fight your corner. But I don't so know if that's true. Always... Like Jewish people yeah, are doing Karen, fine. Yeah. Like other minorities yeah. are doing fine. Sorry, go on. Yeah, I think it's not it's not a strength in numbers. It's more like the quality of the group and how how they've impacted um, the the general narrative. And like Leon said as well, which I completely agree, like Jewish people, I would say a majority of Chinese people as well, especially in Western countries, we have a very um, positive stereotype, um, like, oh, you know, Chinese people are hardworking, uh, they're really smart and stuff like that. Um, whereas like... Um, You're not a you guy, know, you don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> we, have a, we have a very negative stereotype as well. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <laughs> it's okay i've also oh, yeah. experienced that yeah, but on, on the whole i would say that chinese people have more, more positive stereotypes than negative stereotypes unless you spend your days watching you know Pornhub or something or maybe i shouldn't say that sorry if that's being censored but um if you watch certain films and stuff like that but yeah it's um it's it's how it's how it has shaped us, but then I feel like now um, we've got to a point in like society in our timeline of um, political events where because everyone supposedly has an equal say in things, it's like a massive boiling pot, and um, people have started using this racial narrative and like this historical narrative to um, 
kind of turn around to the white people and like the white oppressors and say well you know historically you've like pushed us down and therefore we want our like um you know we, we, we want our payback and and things like that and it's not it's not really fair in my opinion because at the end of the day history has played itself out in the way that um people lived at the time and what they thought was right and um what was right for the day um so to then turn around and said oh your ancestors like violated our ancestors and stuff like that is is a bit unfair because those people lived in a different era but um that also then brings up the whole um kind of discussion of um you know but how how far are we going in terms of denying that as like um not relevant if that makes sense so that you know there's there's it's one thing to say oh actually this really happened um but then there's also another thing of saying this happened and this is what we can learn from it and i feel like a lot of people aren't doing the second thing and they're actually repeating what's happening in yeah. history but they're repeating it in the reverse way yeah i agree so yeah, yeah. i think Immigrants, but modern immigrants are a good sort of counterbalance to this historical argument. And probably like your family's story are the same, but my grandfather on my Indian side, when he came to England, he started off working in like a Ford um, car factory and he paid for each one of my family members to come over one by one. So like he's basically starting from exactly zero. And um, my Indian family's doing really well. Like one of my uncles is a is a multimillionaire, and that's just like the next generation. So stuff like that just makes me think that um, there isn't really anything stopping you in in modern Western societies. I don't think there's any any evidence for it. There's not much evidence anyway. I think when people create these stories, like they are just that they're stories, and they miss out important facts. So another one, um, the idea that slavery is a white thing is it's just literally completely wrong and the uk and the us were actually some of the first countries in history to really put a lot of time and effort and money into abolishing, abolishing slavery so the uk navy used to literally um patrol the seas and stop slave ships and no other nation had done that before the uk decided to do that also um, and I think I even learned about this in school, so I don't think this isn't common knowledge, but white people um, during the transatlantic slave trade, they never really went that far into Africa. They stayed on the shores and it was the African tribes themselves who captured other Africans and sold them to white people. So it's literally never been a white institution. Like It's just not true. Yeah, I think like the narrative of like white people are more evil, inherently more evil. It's just no, that's sure. just can't be the narrative. No. Like yeah. um the other the other thing the in the book in uh Sapiens, right? Like uh Yuval talks about how if you have a combination of like really good navigation and ships, uh you had guns, like superior weapons than anyone else, and then you had a capitalist system where you want people were able to invest into like public companies who would bring them profit and your whole society is based on profit, then it doesn't matter what race you are, that the three combinations would like um, equate to disaster basically. Like someone is going to go out on a ship with better weapons, see resources and abuse that power and get funding from their, their own people to be able to do that. Yeah. 
but then the argument would be but that's that's the thing right so the argument is generally that capitalism is evil and it's a white it's white people's creation and it needs to the system needs to be burnt down right like these countries are inherently bad from the from that the, is roots, the from the i roots. hate that argument <laughs> like <laughs> it might be that humans are inherently bad yes that's pro- that's right. a lot more likely for, for me I, I feel yeah. like no you carry on Sean, so oh I, I like for me i think that capitalism is one of our greatest inventions it's like the leveler for society and actually the reason why it doesn't work that well is because there's too much intervention from governments mm-hmm. have you guys ever heard of that saying yeah, so uh, controversial <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very controversial <laughs> <laughs> You know, um, we uh, I know you and Jeff talked about this the last episode, which is um, like in the, there's a Chinese saying, which is like wealth own, disappears after three generations. And there's the English saying, which is like good times breeds like weak men, weak men breed weak bad times. Bad times, times, yeah. bad times breed strong men, strong men. Create yeah, times, exactly. Yeah. And I've been really thinking about this. Like, why is it that health or wealth gets stored in such a few amount of people? And I think it's because when when I used to work with um, a French self, like he used to be, he's an investor. So his living was all from his own investments. And he's a staunch libertarian. And he introduced me to Ayn Rand. And he had this view that basically the reason why the rich maintain their riches is that because they're taxed so heavily, they literally find ways to protect their wealth. Whereas if they weren't taxed so heavily, they would be more inclined to be impulsive and spend all of their money. And because they do that, they would lose it all. And I have to say that he has some rationale because i've been around a lot of really wealthy chinese people and i can say that the way they parent their kids you can see why wealth disappears in three generations so <laughs> yeah Would that's you like my to elaborate on that yeah. please uh, yeah you've made two very different points like you were making one point and then you've veered off at the end to like raising children so parents you were saying that lowering taxes would in- encourage rich people to spend yeah so if for example your your parent and as a rich parent from what i've discovered a lot of parents want their kids to have a comfortable life which means not to work hard not to try and like make money because the rationale is that they had to go through it themselves and they know how difficult it is and they don't want their children to go through it. But obviously, if you don't go through it, you're never going to learn how to create or maintain wealth, right? So you can imagine one generation, they accumulate a lot of wealth. Then the second generation, they're having a very comfortable life. They're nothing but average and then when they go and raise their kids, but they're nothing but average, but the way they spend is that of the rich, right? So your the income you're yes, is but would you say that this this is an ill in the way that human beings are um 
program to think. So you could say that that is very similar to how it was in the West when they all came back from the war and then uh, there was the big boom in um, children being born. So they, they're called the booming generation, right? So these booming generation of people grew up from like the late 1940s to the 70s where the West was booming and economies were doing great. The US was like the big power of the world and things like that. And those those people that lived through that era um, are now quite old and effectively we as a generation or two generations below them are paying off what um, they've basically ruined in our society. So things like really high mortgages, uh, really um, bad climate change. I don't want to risk sounding really left here, but basically a lot of the ills in societies now, uh, societies in the West anyway, um, are down to the reckless spending of people that were born into individuals that lived through a really, really hard time. So would you, the like China and uh, like uh, economies in the East are now going through that. Um, I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. Are we? Are you okay? Now so I'm gonna in a booming generation. So I'm gonna get back. No, Wait, hold so on. Just yeah. a quick question. Do you mean that? Do you mean that the boomers were soft, or do you mean that the boomers were? The boomers um, are soft, yes. I will say confused. it out loud now in this podcast. Yeah, okay. And I feel like in China, okay. <laughs> in China, <laughs> we are having um, this boomers, now, the, the soft generations coming up, you know, and what's what's next for the future of China and like the the people being born after this time? We don't know. Yeah. Okay, let me... They're just all yeah. Let me get back to you. But oh, I, no, think, I think it comes down to... Can I wait, just finish this point? Go on, Let you, me just finish this point and then everyone else can yeah. chime in. I've got some thoughts on this point as well. Okay. So, coming after. so what I mean by this is um, your, your parent, you're making your kids really, really soft and they're also spending like crazy because, you know, they want to have face. And in this situation where you have taxation very high taxation, such as inheritance tax, there are some things your parents are going to leave with you. Like they're going to try and plan it so that you don't waste away all your wealth. But what I'm saying is if there was no taxation, it could be that these parents don't plan so far ahead because they don't have to, right? All they're going to do is let their children enjoy their wealth. Now, going back to Sue's point, and this is just going to be the last thing I say, I think why um, the boomers spent so much was not because they felt that they had to. I think it's because of the government, because they basically started to have an inflationary monetary policy, which meant that they wanted inflation to go up to a 3% every year. And that encouraged people to start spending so they were lending more money and they were saying listen we want you to spend more so here's more money to spend and i think that's what is biting us in the ass right now but that's the same outcome though it could be culture that's forcing you to spend it could be the actual government and our economic instruments making you go out to spend money um the outcome is money is actually being spent um recklessly and the outcomes of it is is quite dangerous because um it's kind of like they're they're spending without consequence so yes the process is different but the outcome is the same so i i do wonder if um 
China is at the cusp of um, living through what the West did in the last kind of 50 years and 50 years down the line there'll be what like four people in another podcast talking about this again <laughs> we don't know um Go on, so James. is this cyclical yes. and is this uh, so- yeah, society so- yeah carry on yeah uh yeah I think we're talking about why why do Chinese people especially this generation of Chinese people are not um they're like just overspending right and it's not good for the economy and and no it is I, good I, for I the economy think it comes down to <laughs> it's good for the economy <laughs> it's good for the economy now yeah for now but they're not uh they're not learning their like uh, what their parents did which is hard work and uh, all of that yeah, stuff yeah correct um but i think it just comes down to education a, a few things so education uh is they had like a massive uh change of like uh policy right so uh, especially during the Cultural Revolution, like all the parents didn't really go through proper education. So they don't, it, unlike the West, they don't have the rich Chinese people now might not be highly educated. So they don't actually know how to teach their kids. Um, the second point is that they went through a one child policy. So if you went through a lot of hardship and now you finally made a fuckload of money and you're not very educated uh, and you can only have one child, you're going to spoil that child. Like, it's it's going to be very hard not to spoil the kid and just from a historical point of view from uh, for china as well like china's just not been as stable as the west so like the west has been stable for like 200 300 years um in terms of its like structure um maybe there's a couple of wars and stuff but the structure stays the same so the way that you would inherit wealth and uh get more wealth the methods would be the same but china's just changed through from dynasty to dynasty and every dynasty is like three generations right or maybe more but because there's always a big change people can't keep their wealth so that's my view on why why like chinese people chinese kids are being spoiled now and we can't keep um like generations of wealth do you mean that china doesn't have a culture of keeping wealth throughout the generations because there's been too much political turmoil I think they do. Like, if you get educated and you know how to keep teach your kids to operate within the current system in order to gain wealth, you would do that, right? But the, if the yeah. system changes then too often, then whatever you've taught them, they first of all, like, if it's like an uprising, like a civil uprising, then the the children would basically the rich children would get um like their wealth taken away anyway. And then if the system on top changes, then their skills are no longer applicable for them to gain more wealth. So maybe, maybe the older generation, because they've seen so much change, they don't have that much faith that things will be stable in the future. So they're more likely to just tell their children to enjoy the money now. Okay. Well, no, I don't think that they're doing it on purpose. I think that's just from lack of education. Guys. Lack Guys, of can I ask understanding you, of the current system? Can I ask yeah, you a question? Because I think you're misunderstanding my point. My point was that I think if we had a really, really low tax rate, that would actually create more equality in society. What do you guys think about that? If we had a low... <laughs> uh, yeah, like a really, really low tax so rate. It, Instead of... So, for example... There is a mainstream theory on this, right? So, when you lower... When you raise tax, there's like a, there'll be an equilibrium point. If you raise taxes too much, people lose motivation. If you lower taxes too much, um, the rich just hoard all the wealth. That's that's generally what happens within 
um, the parameters that we vary them. No, the but moment. that's what I, I don't believe that. I don't think the rich hoard all of the wealth. I think they they lose it. So that's why I brought up this scenario. I said if taxes are really really low, what I think will happen is that the rich are more likely to lose their wealth, and that wealth then gets distributed amongst those who are working really hard to gain yeah. wealth. So that would actually increase e- equality because the w- there there's no old money essentially. Like old money becomes. But there was a time where there were less less taxes. No, there was. Right? A- that's the end of part one. Join us next week for part two. That's all we have for this episode. Please follow me on Twitter at Yishontia. That's Y I E S E A N T E O H. If you would like to support the show in any way, for those outside of China, you can donate money at paypal.me/yiesentoh or subscribe to me on Patreon. All the details are in the show notes below. For those inside of China, you can donate by scanning my Weixin or Zhufubao QR codes below. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you all next episode. And we also have a new Facebook page, facebook.com/truantruantpodcast. So please like and follow me there.